Dr. Weinberg's office is as elegant as a Chelsea art gallery. Abstract lithographs in hushed silver frames decorate the waiting room. The receptionist peers out from behind a tall, slender glass vase stocked with impossible-looking South American orchids, pearly white with a faint pink blush and deep, jaundiced yellow throats. The doctor herself is an inordinately well-preserved fifty-something with high cheekbones, a narrow burgundy mouth, and hair that seems to have suffered a serious shock mid-fluff. After a few preliminary questions, she set about prodding my stomach, pushing hard under my ribs and diaphragm. She produced a coiled fabric tape measure and measured from my pubes to just above my navel. Then she slid across the floor on her wheelie stool, leafed through the pages of a large pink file, and finally looked at me over the rim of her rectangular steel spectacles. You're measuring small, she said. Huh? I thought. I'm enormous. Children point at me in the streets. Workmen, oh so kindly, tell me the weight of the hospital. I wear trousers with huge nylon gusset panels in the front and extra folds of elastic hidden in the waistband. And by the evening, I still feel like I'm strapped into an instrument of torture. Small, I said to her. Small? In relation to what? She explained that the top of my uterus wasn't where it should be, i.e. halfway to my chin, and sent me for an immediate ultrasound. I called Tom, my husband, in case I develop really galloping Alzheimer's in the future, in a panic from the waiting area. But before he could leave his meeting at the federal courthouse, I found myself in a darkened sonography room, three doors down from Dr. Weinberg's office. A heavy-set, expressionless woman with short, greying, ash-blonde hair, a white coat and loose beige trousers glanced up at me as I entered. She looked as if she'd spent most of her life underground. Her pale, round face gleamed oddly in the grey-white light of a computer monitor. Under the table, please, the woman said, nodding curtly at the examining couch beside her. She turned away and busied herself finding and inserting a disc into the computer, which whirred and clicked respectfully. I heaved myself up and exposed my white whale belly, feeling suddenly vulnerable, longing desperately for a bit of reassuring girly chatter. Nothing to worry about, I'm sure I see this all the time. It's no big deal. No such luck. The technician squirted half a tube of thick blue sickly warm gel onto my stomach, then picked up a hard pestle-shaped probe without saying a word. After forty minutes of staring at a flickering black-and-white image, she told me tersely that my fluid level was low. "'What does that mean?' I asked the whites of her eyes. The woman shrugged as she flicked off the monitor and ejected the disc. "'Your amniotic fluid is low,' she said, not entirely helpfully. "'Dr. Weinberg will discuss it with you, okay?' I wasn't sure if it was okay or not, but I was clearly being dismissed." The woman obviously had no intention of explaining things further and disappeared off into the corridor. The oversized door banged shut behind her. Left alone in the darkness, I wiped the slithery blue goo off my stomach with a large wad of scratchy paper from a dispenser above the couch, then pulled up my synthetic maternity trousers. Low fluid didn't actually sound too bad, I thought, as I swung my legs carefully off the hard blue examining couch. It wasn't as if there was anything wrong with the baby.
I'd seen him on the ultrasound screen, tiny limbs striking out, the sole of a flat foot for a second against the probe, five white toes in one perfect arc. He looked healthy to me. I returned to the doctor feeling optimistic. Usually, Dr. Weinberg looks up at me with a vague, only half-interested expression, the sort that medics always seem to wear when greeting their basically healthy patients. But this time, I noticed an alertness about her, a sharpness in her face, her eyes, as if she was seeing me properly for the first time. And perhaps I was looking at her properly for the first time myself. There was a pause, and then she cleared her throat. It was beginning to dawn on me that things weren't good. Charisse just called me, she said, her voice deliberate and even. The baby needs amniotic fluid to develop properly.